Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, buddy. What's happening with you, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? When when last we left you, you were uh, in the the you were suffering in the wake of your first uh, COVID vaccination. How did that pan out? Uh, well, um, um, I had the chills and the dry heaves, and then I felt fine for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and then uh, the cops came to my door for some reason. Okay. Uh, well, I don't think it had anything to do with yeah, the vaccination, they, but... Uh. Well, they said, they said, uh, they said to me, are you Manny Chevrolet? And I said, yes. And they said, come with us. And I said, no. And they both had, uh, and, and these cops, these, uh, you know, they don't know what the fuck they're doing, these NOPD cops. Anyway, um, I told them that I was vaccinated and they said, okay. It was like big brother almost. It was really weird for New Orleans, you know? Hmm. And what was uh, the purpose of their, uh, their visit? What did they say? Uh, because qualifying is coming up, baby. Qualifying's coming up in two months. And I think Latoya and all these big business people want to know if I'm going to run or not. Trying to yeah. trying to send you a message, scare you off. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I think that was it. I think that was it. So you know, well, they, you know, uh, Latoya has a lot of exposure. You know, Latoya has a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of uh, areas that uh, that she's she's got some exposure on policy wise. So well, you know, yeah, she, she she's a good gal, but she needs to admit if she's a blood or a crip. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> Are you a blood or a crip, Latoya? Because you grew up in Compton. Tell me, I I'm from LA. You I'm think from she LA. Had to cho- she she had to choose sides at some point. You think? You have to. <laughs> you have to. You have to. I mean, there's no way uh, if you go to uh, you know the uh, the the local prison and not show your colors. You can't do that, man. Okay. Anyway, uh, this is a couple of months away. I, so, right, right. Uh, what was your question? Uh, I'm, feel, oh, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling a lot better. I, I've only had right. my first dose. Um, right. I'm getting my second dose in about, I think, in about 10 days or something. I, I can't figure mm-hmm. it out. I, I don't know. But uh, Right. Well, probably since you had a big reaction with the first one, hopefully the second one will be uh, more muted. Well, I'm hoping that I don't know. You know, I'm uh, I, I, I have a lot of health problems: my stomach and liver, and right, esophagus. Right. All the mental issues, yeah. Well, the mental issues have been there forever. Yeah. You know, personality, sure, sure. It's a lot. It's a lot going on there. Well, you don't have to go there, man. Come on. Well, no, I'm just 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 touching all the bases, Manny. But uh, continue on. But I did notice because I'm healthy enough to get up out of my bed and uh, watch television because that's all I really do is watch TV. Hmm. I'm not, I don't go out. I don't, I don't care. You know, I realize this Renee, because you're so happy that the city's, the city's opening back up and you can go play gigs and everyone can go out and stuff. But to me, I'm not happy about it at all. I, I, cause, um, I, uh, I realize that um, I, I I don't 
really like music much anymore. I can't go and stand there for two hours and see a set of music. I, I can't right. do it anymore. Right. I well, but you can still stay home. You know, you, you have that option. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I to, can stay home and not listen yeah, just like to before. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, but I noticed that, um, uh, with all the stuff that's going on, uh, um, uh, Florida, one of our favorite states is Florida. Sure. Cr- crazy things happen in Florida. And yes. Flocka strikes again in Florida. It's making you, a comeback. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a big thing. A, a Florida uh, a woman, uh, she killed somebody, and she claimed that she was Harry Potter. Because okay. I'm Harry Potter, <laughs> and I have to kill people. But they found out that she was on Flocka. She yeah, was on Flocka. So Flocka strikes again. Okay. You know? It's the gift and, that keeps uh, on giving. Yeah, and uh, I just love saying the word Flocka. You know that. I know. I know. You and have a certain uh, – certain, uh, uh, Even though I've never tried – yeah, yeah, I never tried Flocka. But in the, at the same time, at the same time, this woman on Flocka – who said she was Harry Potter and she was told to kill people? Our uh, no, our own NOPD were killing puppies. You know, mm. they were. Oh, killing. I saw that. That's terrible, man. I saw That's that. That's horrible. Oh, well, yeah. apparently the puppy attacked them. Yeah, it looked like okay. a really vicious puppy from the picture too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's uh, it, uh, puppies kill and Flacca kills. And puppies okay. get killed, and uh, you know, dangerous uh, world out there. Well, yeah, that's why I don't want to go out there, man. Right, right, don't right. Well, go out safe there, at home. Man. Safe at home. Man. I'm safe at home, unless you know, unless you know. But then again, at the same time, me and my wife sleep in shifts because of our daughter. You right, know, right. <laughs> you don't want to give her a, a clear shot at the two of y'all. <laughs> yeah, so we sleep uh, in shifts. You know, we sleep in shifts, uh, and she's wise. for the most part a good kid. But, um, uh, uh, she, you know, she's better safe kid. than sorry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, right, right, um, right. So anything, anyway, everything's going okay. Uh, nice, uh, nice. um, I, I saw this story that I saw about a month ago. Um, you know, people, basically people are addicted to something. You can't be not addicted. You can't say I'm not addicted to anything. Right, Almost and animals. Yeah, something. animals are the same way. I think you know, okay. animals are the same way. You know, uh, people have addictive personalities. People can like stop at a, at a second. Some take them for years. You know, it takes people years to stop doing something. But animals, you know, I don't know what animals. You know, I I don't think there's an AA or an NA for animals. But I did yeah. find I, I I did find out that uh, in Canada, in Canada. Uh, mooses, who are a big uh, uh, tourist attraction, mooses are addicted to salt. To hmm. salt, cool. and uh, it's something going on. And, and the people in the in the uh, national parks in Canada are telling tourists not to give the moose salt. But these tourists come with these huge rocks of salt, and they put them on their car as they're driving through this little area of these animal parks. And the mooses are attacking these cars for the salt because yeah, they're moose will up. fuck you up, man. Yeah, moose oh is yeah, huge. yeah. Mo- mo- moose is huge, and and if they like their salt, they're going to get their salt, and they're not going to oh, wait for the man to come by. 
they're just gonna get their salt man you know well, um yeah you know it's crazy going nuts okay but uh right. other than that uh, uh I, I i was watching the news and uh uh there's a uh there's, I saw about a month ago that there's this uh, a killer in Atlanta who... Hmm, uh, another one. Yeah, another killer in Atlanta who blamed his sex addiction for his killing, you know? Oh, and, I saw that, uh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he blamed his sex addiction for killing people, and he got caught. He finally oh, got yeah. caught. So I guess he, he uh, shot his last load. You know, okay. Well, ho- hopefully so. Hopefully yeah. so, man. You well, know, it seems like a real mess. Well, yeah, he's going to die in prison, probably. You know, well, yeah. Well, yeah. they heard uh, Bernie Madoff just died in prison. Bernie Madoff. He made off a lot of money, and he died. And fuck that guy. You know. Well, you know, we were actually there was there was discussion in in the the home office here as to whether or not uh, you actually would tweet that uh, Bernie Madoff was your friend because I no, know that's a con- no, no, okay, all right, we no, we, we were no, we, we weren't sure. Okay, all right, no, no, no why would he be my friend? Well, I don't know. It's it's a it's a common tweet of yours. Yeah, but he's a guy who. Uh, who uh, a mil- screwed a lot of people over? Yeah, screwed a lot of people over, and uh, I, 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 you it's know, a bad guy. I'm never one of those people. You know, I'm so poor that I would never invest in something like that. I don't understand. I don't understand the stock market to begin with. I don't understand 401ks. You know, my company asked me to join their 401k, and I ran about a half a mile and I quit. <laughs> okay, know? so. All right, so you're still uh, clear. So you can't lose any good. money in the market. Well, that's that's. Yeah, uh, that's, I don't okay. understand any of that shit, uh, man. Uh, Madoff, you know, uh, he was for suckers. You know, he saw a sucker and he got them over what thirty years. You know, and, and, oh jeez, yeah, that was, uh, that was terrible, yeah. terrible. Dude, people yeah. just get greedy. You know, the, the, all levels. That's uh, greed. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the only greed, thing I really yeah. want. One thing I really want, that I agreed for, is some uh, uh, cookies and milk at the end of the night. That's all I really Hell want. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't I, need anything I else concur. now. Yeah. Or some, uh, or some uh, uh, you know, 28-year-old strippers who, uh, <laughs> who are on high on crack, and I can flip them, you know, flip them very easily. Uh, well, you know, Manny, yeah. actually, it's funny you should mention that because uh, one of our recent guests, uh, oh, you have something more? No, is a stripper? What? No, I was saying one of our recent guests uh, was went uh, MIA this week and their family was, uh, was trying to track them down through, through me. And it turns out that's where they were. They were with a, uh, a stripper. No way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there might have been some some crack involved or some other some other narcotics. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so the information well, is getting out there. You know, tr- the, they were smart to go through you, Renee, because you you're into that shit. You know, you're all well, about. Well, you know, I, I, I was able to. Uh, I was Who was this to, person? Um, I, I don't want to name any names, but uh, you know, it, I was able to facilitate. Uh, Carlo Nuccio was not was was not Carlo. I, I will tell Papa you. Molly. Oh wasn't Papa God. Molly. No, no, no. Oh, both of us. One more guess. Luke Spur Allen. 
wasn't Luke Spur Allen. No, no, no. It's uh, you're 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 not even not even warm, Manny. But uh, but anyway, everything worked out fine. The person was returned safely, or or did return safely to their home. So uh, so all's well that ends well. Awesome. Um. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Why do you bring it up if you're not going to tell the name, man? Well, because it's it's interesting that you brought you brought up strippers, and I was just saying, well, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's, it's it's something in, in you know as as uh, as as recent as the uh, last couple of days' news in in uh, Trouble Men podcast world. So uh, uh, so I'm I'm pulling my first gig tomorrow with this. Uh, uh, the the last time I played this gig was March 13th of 2020. Holy crap! So so 13 months later, returning to my cumbia gig at casa borrega there on aretha castle haley and uh so that'll that'll feel good returning to the little cumbia trio there at uh in uh, central city looking forward to that awesome and who, who wait so it's you and what two other people i don't understand well, who's the cumbia trio yeah it's uh me and this this uh fella phil the tremolo king he's a guitar player and uh and uh, we have a drummer uh isaac our drummer isaac johnston and uh yeah we do we do uh sometimes we have a steady gig there on friday and so anyway so we've been off it's uh uh been a, a year and a, and a month since that band had played a note together so we got together for a little rehearsal yesterday and uh ran through some material and now we're uh re- and they pay you in tacos or something they do and and uh you know i can eat some tacos manny so uh so yeah it's uh, it works sounds like a hell of a gig man hell of a gig oh yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah. well no, i want to know who this guy is though man yeah yeah well i'll We'll uh, we'll 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 see. Maybe we'll tease it later. Was it Johnny Vadakovich? No. Well, you used up all your three guesses, but I'll yeah. give you a bonus. It's no, not keep, Johnny Vadakovich. I can keep um, guessing all night. You can't cut well, me no, off uh, guessing. No, but I can I can quit answering. Um, but uh, but I I may reveal it. Maybe we'll reveal it at the end here. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, uh, anything else, or should we get to our guest here? Yeah, get to the guest. Right on. Right on. Cheer up, Manny. <laughs> yeah, Manny's in a good mood tonight, actually. So uh, that's we're 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 fortunate. Um, so uh, this is a guest I've known really since I'm a teenager. He's uh, he grew up on the West Bank of New Orleans, but he's really from. It was born in Texas. Has lived all over the place. He's a guitar player, singer, songwriter. He uh, he's been with the band Cowboy Mouth for about thirty years, but but started off with uh, the Red Rockers and before that, the Ratfinks, uh, one of the, oh, one of the, 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 the early punk rock bands in New Orleans. We're going to get to all of that. So without further ado, Mr. John Thomas Griffith. All right. Hey, Betty. How are hey, you? Hey, man. What's happening? Man, are you are you doing well? It's nice to meet you. I've heard now, a lot Tom, about you. Uh, so you're Tom John Thomas Griffith. So yeah. you've got the yeah. three names. Yeah, I got one of those three names, and there's a, a story. Yeah, as a it. rock star, do you think that helps or minuses you as a rock star? I, I did it for no. business reasons. You did it for business reasons? Yep. Okay, all right. So uh, you're We could call you John. We don't have to call you John Thomas. No, you don't have to. No, my mom, my mom calls me John Thomas and my aunt. So that's Okay, pretty, well. Yeah, that's about it, really. And then everybody else calls me Griff or JTG. Okay. And where are you right now, John Thomas Griffin? I'm in uh, Northern California, outside oh, of San Francisco. Really? Oh, so you're in the East Bay? I'm on the peninsula, Palo Alto. Really? 
All right, my sister lives in Alameda Island right now. Oh, right on. Yeah, she's close to you, yeah. Yeah. Are you a Giants fan? or? or no, no, no. I'm a Raiders fan, baby. Okay. I was just, in, <laughs> I was just in Las Vegas. I saw the stadium. Pretty oh, much. it's a beautiful stadium, man. It's a gorgeous stadium. Yep. One day they'll have people in it. That's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, I was looking at your, your, your bio and, and noticing all the places that you lived as a kid, you know, so you were right. born in Lubbock and then you lived in Houston, you, you lived in, uh, uh somewhere in California, New yeah. Jersey, Memphis, <laughs> New Orleans. So was your family on the run or something? Were you guys on the land? <laughs> what was, what yeah, was going kinda, on there? Uh, you couldn't tell it by me. I, I was, uh, I just went along for the ride. I, you know, they tell you to get in the car, you get in the car and sure. you ride 1200 miles. Anyway, uh, my dad was a chemical engineer and he took jobs uh, with the same company. They would have a new project in another city. We'd pack up and move like, every four or five years. So, uh, yeah, okay. was, that was the uh, wire life. All right. But then, then you landed in new Orleans and you stayed put for a while, huh? Yes, I did. I, I loved new Orleans and I figured <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. Uh, when I was living in New Jersey, I was 14, 15 years old. Kids were starting to get into like uh, Grateful Dead, New Riders of the Purple Sage, and uh, Pure Prairie League, stuff like that, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. So I picked up a banjo and I started to fit in, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm. And then when I got to uh, – I had to move to New Orleans, and when I got there, I was a piano player. And this guy had shown me some of these blues licks up in New Jersey. And when I got down there and I started seeing, watching like, you know, uh, fat, uh, fats and, you know, uh, uh, professor long hair, right. You right. know, I was, I was just blew my mind. I was like, I, and I, so that I, I really tried and struggled, but finally got that, that kind of style down so I could play that style too, um, on piano. Um, okay. but that, that when I got down here, I realized that, uh, with all the gospel based, blues and rock is, is uh is what i grew up on in church you know as a southern baptist um okay so uh yeah it all made sense i said I, this, i'm here for a reason i'm here to absorb all this music you know i didn't know uh sneaking through the sally with the alley was robert palmer with the meters i just thought it was robert palmer i didn't know any different yeah you know? so yeah it's great okay. education great education but then you world. went to a high school here or, or uh, mm -hmm. I mean, yep. you, you, okay. And you, and you, uh, you were kind of in that Aurora country club scene over there. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> that's the, the neighborhood yeah. I grew up in. I remember, you know, Darren Hill, you know, your, your, yep. your uh, bandmate and the rat Finks and red rockers was, was on uh, his family. I remember his sister being in there around the, the uh, Aurora country club. Right um, yeah, so, that's where I learned to so, play tennis. Okay. All right. Well, you know, my family didn't have money to belong to the country club. I, I, I snuck in oh. as a, as a musician playing in the, uh, in the lounge there and, and kind of established Dude. a certain presence. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 I really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta tell you the story. This is the okay. very first gig. Uh, I think we were still rat finks maybe. Uh, but, uh, we got hired to play a birthday party in the little, uh, at, at Aurora Country Club, like a round area, you know, the side. So we set up our stuff, dude, and we're supposed to get a hundred bucks or something like that. Or we were playing for free, I think. And so, you know, of course, we did like three or four songs. We stunk, you know, we were so 
all over the place. The uh, guy, you know, gave us 200 bucks to leave. Okay. <laughs> I, we were like, we didn't know whether to be insulted or what, you know, but it was a funny, that's my time at Aurora. Well, you know, I, I, the, the first time I remember seeing the Rat Finks, and I thought this was your first gig, but uh, maybe I was mistaken, but it was in someone's home, like someone's living room in Boca yes, sir. You know, it was, it, a, it was. It was a, uh, you know, a, a single story, I believe, ranch style, brick home. No, and, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, may I interject? No, it was a guy I went to high school with. His name was Craig, and it was a uh, two-story regular house there in Bocage. Okay. And somebody had filled the tub up with water, and I remember we had played in the living room. And all of a sudden, the ceiling came in in the foyer. It's just a, oh, it's geez. a gush of water. I, I missed that part of the night, but it's a, it's a very memorable night for me because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I actually I, – was in class with this uh this guy i think his name was jeff greenberg oh yeah i was our first drummer yeah he was just like kind of normal you know dopey looking kid you know uh -huh. you know regular kind of uh you know sears uh sears roebuck haircut right we loved him because he he looked like rat scabies from the dam he did he did but 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 before that he didn't um before he was okay. in your band and then one day he came to school and he had like real high hair and he had dyed it red with henna and <laughs> uh and it was and i was like what the fuck happened to you oh yeah I'm, I'm playing in this punk rock band i'm like you're doing what and he's like yeah this this punk rock band the rat fangs i'm going wait where did this come from how did how are you and he's like yeah i play drums I'm like how, when did you start playing drums <laughs> anyway i was shocked by the whole thing you know i'd been playing music for a few years by that time uh -huh. but you know not playing club gigs just playing weddings and dances and you know that kind of you know a lot of tuxedo kind of gigs you know uh -huh. so yeah so so you know th that was great but then to to see these classmates of mine coming in and having like a you know punk rock band which i was into punk rock already we're like how the fuck are you involved in this so anyway he goes yeah yeah my band's playing this this gig you should come see us so uh, I was friends with this girl, Nicole Pavi, who you probably know. Oh, sure, um, I remember. Yeah, uh huh. I remember her. And she, you know, she was. Uh, she's been on the on the the, the podcast uh, early on. But well, I got to tell you, a little, a little six degrees of separation. I went to I went to college at LSU with her brother. Okay, Paul. Paul. Right. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Well, so I um, slept with her. Okay. Very good, man. We all have something, uh, have a connection. Yeah, we have a connection. Here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so that night I drive to the, the East bank to pick up Nicole uptown. Then I drive back to the West bank and we see your band playing there in, in the and it was killing, man. It was really powerful. I remember you guys as being, I thought you were great. And you know, again, I was a <laughs> professional musician at the time. So, but I was impressed. Um, and uh you know it was like very clash style but kind of even yeah. faster and and uh aggressive uh, yeah so, so then i have to drive back to the the east bank to east drop bank. off nicole and uh -huh. then as i'm driving the making my fourth tr trip across the bridge <laughs> i actually wind up uh running into another car oh uh, no a, a car crash uh right oh, there on 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 the gall drive and, oh my God. and the cop that shows up on the scene is this guy, Gregory Newport. Now I only remembered the name because he, you know, he, he said, Oh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give you a ticket for, uh, you know, failure to maintain control. But, uh, and then he, but he cut me loose. He was very cool with me. Turns out 
uh, that guy maybe a year later winds up getting killed um, near the projects. And it leads to this whole thing where the cops are taking people out into the field and putting a bag over their head and getting them to, and getting them to, to, uh, you know, implicate, uh, other individuals and nice work, Renee. Nice work. They, they, they wind up going into this house and, and like killing everybody involved. 60 minutes comes down and does a whole expose on it. The Algiers six. Anyway, that, that, uh, that, that whole story for me stems from that, that first night seeing the rat fangs. Wow. Good one. Good one, John. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Well, is this, uh, is that, are you really telling us that's really happened in the project? Oh yeah. No, that's, that's all. You can look it all up. Yeah. No, it's all done. How long ago? No, oh, okay. John, we have 60 minutes on the line right now. Right. Okay. Right, right. We want to talk to you. We want, they want to talk to you again. I want to talk to Ed Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Ed Bradley's dead. Mike Wallace <laughs> is dead. That was probably 1978 or something, you know. It was, it was 79. It was because our first that was our one of our first gigs. I think that, and then the Aurora okay. Gardens, the Aurora Country okay. Club gig. Yeah, that was one of our. First. So you had the Rat Finks, and and so at the at the time, you know, uh, punk rock was that that was uh, the heyday in New Orleans. You know, we had bands like the Normals. You know. Uh, uh, and well, you know, another guy who was a fixture on the scene at that time, George the Max. You know, we just lost well, he, George the we, Max. He yeah, just passed rest away. in peace, uh, brother. Rest in peace. Yep. yep. But but you no remember more. George from fr- from those days? Well, uh, I'm just going to say this on your podcast only. Uh, sure. George was uh, George was a good friend, and we were in San Francisco in probably like 1981 or two, and uh, he and I had kind of dropped the kind of hung around the drug scene together in New Orleans and punk and stuff. And uh, right. we did some really pretty hard drugs and I- I'd never done George. heroin before. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, George came in, we were staying at Kevin Hink's apartment. He played in the blue runners. Not blue. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, blue vipers. Blue vipers. Yeah. 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 Uh, blue yeah. Vipers. Anyway, uh, they, nobody was there, but George and I, and George comes in and he says, Hey John, I've got this really good brown, stuff you know if you want to try it you've never tried it before i'll I'll give you some so i just you know he just had that way you know i just i just yeah sure and i (laughs) sat in front of a tv set for five hours just fucking drooling i said and i went this isn't fun at all this i see no fun in this at at all i don't understand what anybody likes what was the show you were watching dude i can't even (laughs) gilligan's island who knows? Oh, yeah. Okay, because that could have been the thing. Yeah, it could have been watching. Could have been the show. Maybe it was the wrong, wrong TV well, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have been watching. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim uh, Rockford Rockford Files or something. Oh, I was going to say Alex Trebek, but anyway, well, you should have um, been watching Love Boat, man. Love yeah. Boat has always been one of the greatest shows ever made. It's a good dope show. Love- yeah, it's a great dope show. And John Thomas Griffith, you probably were watching it, didn't even realize it, man. So the Rat Finks, uh, uh, you know, are, are are right there on the scene with with all these other bands, and but then you become the Red Rockers. Uh, what what possesses you to to make the name change there? Well, about you know, the, we were so influenced by the Normals and just stuff we were hearing on this. Um, it was a Tuesday night radio show on WTUL, 
and it was uh, hosted by this guy named John G. And he had a, uh, he played all these imports, uh, everything that basically was fashionable at the time, Ramones, Blondie, uh, X-Ray Specs, uh, The Damned, uh, uh, the list goes on, you know, and The Germs. Uh, Captain Sensible. Yep, he, yep. A clash, stiff little fingers, you know, yeah. you know a whole sp- but uh, stuff that we couldn't really get because we the only place we could get records was at uh, Leisure Landing on Magazine Street uptown, where Whole Foods right. is now, and yeah. they had a they had a cutout section where they had just forty fives of imports from England, and we would go there every Tuesday. We knew they were getting new ones at, at that every Tuesday, so we'd show up after school or across the, after college, whatever. We were all going to we were all going to UNO at the time, uh, James, Darren, and I. Uh, so, uh, anyway, long story short, well, that's that's how we were influenced, and we got this one forty-five, and it was by the Dills, who were uh, from Seattle or somewhere or San Francisco, and um, it was a song called "Red Rockers Rule," R U L E. And uh, mm-hmm. Darren used that as kind of a the change. We were starting to write our own stuff, uh, at mimic the class, Stiff Little Fingers, the Buzzcocks, and uh, Dead Kennedys and Ramones. And so we decided that we're kind of, most of the subject matter we were writing about, whether we do it subconsciously or not, was kind of apolitical. It was kind of like, you know, fuck the system, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, we, we kind of liked it. Like writing okay. about it and, and, and voice. And, you know, there was a moment there where we had, we turned all turned 18 around the same time. And we went to the post office and signed up for uh, the draft. Right. <laughs> Together, really? all three of us. I'll never forget it. it was, yeah. It was, well, well not the draft. You had to register to. Yeah, service, to selective uh, service, right. 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 Select. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I got selective memory, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that that that's very punk rock, I guess. That you're signing up to yeah. be uh, a soldier. The more aggressive political stuff that we were listening to, we drew, we drew us. That's where we went to. Uh, yeah, okay. We weren't really into like. I mean, we liked the jam. Um, I, I like some of the jam. I like a lot. Of I never it. liked the jam. I, I never. Yeah. I, I I thought they were like. Uh, uh, they were like uh, put in that. Uh, category of being like a mod jam band right. but with the who. I, yeah yeah with the who and all the all the monster stuff and stuff like that well, that's a pretty niche market you know it's, uh, yeah really- I, I you know i like the style yeah, yeah. cancel yeah. The style cancel is a good uh, band but let's go back oh, so so uh well i'll tell you a real quick story we yeah. me myself darren nancy smith and i think george the max or somebody like that all drove to Houston at the Armadillo World Headquarters to see the jam. I mean, we drove like 10 hours. We're like dying to get there. And it was one of the mm-hmm. best shows I've ever seen. Man. It was, it was yeah. Nice. Yeah. One of the best shows I've ever seen is a band that I, I, I like but I don't love. One of the best shows I ever saw was Big Audio Dynamite at the Roxy on Sunset Strip. Nice. In 1988. Wow. 1988. They were coming, I mean, you know, Mick Jones was no longer in the Clash. He brought out Big Audio Dynamite, and they were playing small clubs all over America. They played the Roxy, and it had to be 
one of the most energetic shows I've ever seen. Wow. Everyone in that place, and the Roxy only holds about 250, yes. maybe 300 people, maybe. And everyone was just jumping up and down, just having a great time. And, mm-hmm. you know, gigs are gigs, you know, and so that's that's how I feel about gigs are gigs. And like just sure the gig you're talking about, you know, it's just like uh, people love it or they don't like it. You know, what are you going to do? A magic night, a magic night. Yeah, it's a magic night. So, so the so you become the Red Rockers. You put out a couple of records, and then in your your second album, Good as Gold, you wind up having a huge MTV hit, right. China. And suddenly, yep. where the New Orleans is like, what the fuck, man? The Red Rockers are on TV. <laughs> Holy How the fuck did that happen? Well, it's just, it's crazy because, you know, of all these bands that, you know, the normals, everybody thought, oh, the normals, such a great band. Of course, they have to do something and never really happened for them, you know? And then, and, and so we'd, we'd had other bands that were really big, powerful, respected New Orleans bands that hadn't run, really been able to make that, that transition. Well, yeah. To have I agree. Someone do it. That was it. Was like holy cow! Look at this, man. And, and from and, the West Bank at that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, we gotta throw that in there. You know, that's I'm sure I've heard probably heard that a million times. But and, and then you guys are like you know out there with with U two and the Go Go's and opening all these huge uh, you know like arena style tours. Uh, um, must have been incredible, huh? That must have been so heady. Well, all I can say really is that uh, when you've got three individuals that have the same, they're all on the same page, same place, same uh, song. I mean, everything is so, they're, you're all in this together. Uh, when it's really tight like that and you're, you're friends and you're really, uh, really want to make this happen, amazing things can happen. The symbiotic of, of relationship is not to be taken for granted. It, if you get in a situation where you really like your guys you're playing with and they're like, they're literally brothers. I still love them all to death. And, you know, as a matter of fact, we've been talking a lot lately because this is the 40th anniversary of condition red being released on four fifteen records, which was our first nice. record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you sleep with any of the go-go's? Uh, no comment, man. This is not even worth it. <laughs> okay. All right, I like that answer. Yeah. I like that answer. Um, we did drugs together, and that's about it. So, all right, well, that's that's an omission. Cool. Right on. At some point, you guys moved up to Boston. Is that correct? Uh, well, a couple of the guys uh, did. Okay, because I, I I remember later on actually staying at that house when I was out on the road with 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 Chilton, passing oh. through Boston and 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 staying at that house and the, awesome uh, the, uh, the yeah the uh, old creepy uh, Herman Munster house yeah uh, yeah 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 I was uh, dating a, a girl in New Orleans from the West Bank and um, we uh, you know I was in love and I I, I didn't want to move to Boston and uh, but so I would you know do two weeks here two weeks there. Two weeks here, three weeks there, or maybe a week or whatever. And I was just kind of getting tired of going back and forth. And uh, the band financially was uh, not, not doing the right thing in my book. Uh, I thought we could have bought three houses in New Orleans for the price we were renting. Yeah. So uh, I just kind of – and I was writing other stuff. I was starting to write songs for Son of an Engineer, which became Son of an Engineer, my first solo album. 
And I just, uh, just going a different place, man. I was just, I was no longer writing punk rock stuff like aggressive, like we used to. Yeah. Well, the, the, the hit record was a very, a very melodic poppy song. It was not like, a uh, you know, straight down the line punk thing at all. No, it wasn't. And neither was the third album, um, Schizophrenic right. Circus. You know, that sounds like, uh, like big country on steroids kind of sort of, you know, it's got a big sound, huge. You feel okay. like you're in the middle of, oh, my what the hell's going on? That's all right. Well, you know, um, Manny, I was thinking this might be a good time to uh, take a yeah. little break and refresh our Dog cocktails. Dog is barking, and we'll take a break. Uh, um, John Thomas Griffith, the troubled nation always takes a cocktail break at this time, so you do the same, um, and uh, we'll be right back. I don't want to live on this. I don't need society. Oh, I don't care what's right or wrong. I got everything I need. Don't need to know what cool is. It's in my blood. Don't want to live life fast and know who we are. Who we are. Who we are. And we're back, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman, back with our guest, Mr. John Thomas Griffith. Manny, uh, yeah. So, uh, so John, uh, I know you may not be familiar with this podcast, but... Uh, hey, man, you all right? Hold <laughs> on, oh, you were applauding for me and I fucked up. I, 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 okay, I, I just, I, I never had that applause since the 90s. I haven't had that applause, you know. All right, John. Yes, sir. Thomas. Yes, sir. I want to tell you about a product. It's called the Velo Bar. The Velo Bar, dude. Are you into marijuana? and THC, and OBD, and EYG, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, maybe. All right. This is a Velobar. This is a, a, a sponsor that we've been, uh, Renee and I have been uh, uh, attached to for the last, uh, what, about nine months, nine months a year. And this is a, uh, a, a stress relief bar. Okay. Uh, John. It's a stress relief bar. It's called a Velo Bar, and the big best thing about it is that it's got 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. Fantastic. Natural ingredients like uh, hemp seeds and uh, pumpkin seeds and chia seeds and hemp hearts. 
comes in two different flavors, dark chocolate, peanut butter. And this is a great bar. This is a fucking, I eat them like every day. Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> uh, Renee, take it over. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a freak out right now. Take it over. So anyway, you've heard the pitch for the Velo Bar enough times that we don't have to repeat all that. But, uh, you know, the last few weeks we've been uh, talk, telling you about the, uh, the, uh, the Great Escape chocolate chip cookie. And uh, apparently, you know, I read the testimonial from one of our listeners who had bought that product last week. And apparently he, he sent uh, the same information into the, uh, to the company, to Velobar CBD Company. Well, to show you how responsive this company is, based on his, uh, his uh, reporting of how strong the, the, the 100 milligram uh, cookie was, they came up with a new product here. They came up with the Space Cake. So the Space Cake is uh, it's a 25 milligram brownie. And uh, it comes in a package of two. So that's, that's the new product. This is a very responsive, uh, uh, very dynamic company we have. So, so this week, uh, you know, we'll have the promo, uh, the, uh, the link right there in the, in the show notes to, to order this, uh, these new uh, Great Escape Space Cakes. And uh, we have the, uh, the discount code TROUBLEDBROWNIE15. And you can put that in uh, and get 15% off of your order. Yeah, and, and free shipping, free shipping, man. Yes, shipping is always free. So, uh, again, it's, uh, the, the, the main uh, website is velobarcbd.com, and you can look in the Troubled Men podcast uh, show notes and, and the links, and we'll have the link to the, the Space Cakes and uh, the, the Great Escape chocolate chip cookies and the Velo Bars. So uh, check it out, Nation. You won't be sorry. And so, bring uh, your bayonet with you. Bring your bayonet with you because you'll need it. Okay, there you go. There you go. So as always, uh, Troubled Nation, you know, uh, we, we count on your support to keep the, the podcast running. Uh, you can jump on that PayPal link in the, the show notes as well and, and, uh, and support the Troubled Men podcast. And, uh, you know, we have, we're on show 152 here. So lots of great content. And uh, tell your friends, subscribe, uh, uh, review, rate us uh, five stars. Anyway, back to our guest. Mr. John Thomas Griffith. So, uh, so John, yes, you, you were, we, we left off and you were in the, the Red Rockers, but that was kind of winding down. There was a, a, there was a sea change going on. You're, you're, uh, you put out your first solo record. Um, uh, uh, that's uh, son of an engineer. It's like 1987, 88 or so. And, uh, and, uh, you, you know, at this point, you know, you're still a young man, but you've already seen, you know, uh, meteoric rise, and then, you know, the, then the 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 ebbing of, of that wave come down, and it's a, it's a, a lot to see in a young career, but but your career's not done yet, because uh, so you 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 know you're, you you wind up starting Cowboy Mouth with uh, with with uh, Fred LeBlanc and Paul Sanchez mm -hmm. and uh, and you you have now now the Red Rockers had a whole string of, of different drummers it was like one of those bands like you know with you have have a series of drummers now uh, Cowboy Mouth is one of those bands that has a series of bass players you know, <laughs> you, 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 
you've been in the band. You're the last man standing. You and Frank. Uh, you know. Uh, you, I, I was thinking you must be easygoing as fuck, John, because because <laughs> you know uh, I'm sure that's a lot. I, I can only imagine. But but you've gone through nine bass players. But so you had your first bass player, Paul Clemens, excellent bass player. He was there for uh, a short time, but then. Very early on, you get Steve Walters, and now we're back to the normals because right. Steve Walters wait, was the bass wait, player in the. Wait, wait, hold on. Take this into consideration. Uh, one night, I was standing on the stage at Tepatina's. We're in the middle of a set. Steve Walters standing behind Fred and Paul on the other side, and Fred, and then me. And I turned to my left, and I, I don't think I was on any kind of intoxicant like acid or something, but I, I just felt like all of a sudden, I'm in the backbeats. <laughs> Holy shit. So I go over to Steve and I go, dude, I just realized I'm in the backbeats. And he looks around and he goes, yeah, yeah. Dude, bobbing his head, whatever. I forgot what we were doing. But anyway, it's a this crazy well, thing. Well, my brother-in-law, John Herbert, was in the backbeats. Yes, he was. Yes, good friend of mine. Yeah. 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 Okay. He, he was in the small world. So it's a small community back then, you know. It's a right. Uh, yeah. And I never really liked him. I still don't really like him. Who Herbert? Yeah, Herbert. Yeah. Uh, he's a tricky guy. Like like guys from the normal. So you, you had you know Steve Walters, and again, I, I, what I, the point I was getting to is. You know, e even as a, an accomplished musician in, in, in my teenage years, when I saw the normals and I saw Steve Walters, I was like, fuck, man, that guy is so cool. Well, dude, he could play bass like a motherfucker, dude. He's oh a my. great, he's a rock and bass player, but he always looked like he just woke up. Like he just, somebody just dragged right. him out of bed and he wasn't quite awake yet. And, and so he had that, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, I don't know, zombie kind of appeal. And he right, stumble uh -huh. around the stage. But at the same time, he's totally pumping the, the bass, man. It's Dude, totally he's all, all it's all fingers. All fingers. It's like like you and like Rob Savoy and uh think who else would uh, play you know, you guys don't use a pick like uh Yeah, it's, and Steve and Steve Steve could could just generate so much intensity oh, and, and not not yeah. let up, man. And, and to and to do it in to look like he's about to fall down and that he's half asleep. That, that was, I was like, how can you, how can both of those things happen at the same time? I, I was just, I was f fascinated by it. Let me tell you a quick story, Renee. Let me tell you a quick story. One Halloween we played Jimmy's and uh, we all dressed up in costume. Fred had his Fred Flintstone pullover, whatever. Uh, and uh, Steve came wrapped in duct tape. Uh, <laughs> all, 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 like a mummy and it walked on stage and was playing bass well as the show progressed it got fucking hot and he was like burning up inside that <laughs> I mean what was he thinking Here's a, this is one guy that I would trust my life I mean he's been my best he was my best man at my wedding and he, he's a salt the, of the earth kind of guy yeah yeah he yeah. really is dude he can, he's a, a renaissance man you know yeah. can build anything well anyway long story short um, yeah that uh we had to cut them out. Uh, somebody's dad was there or something, took some scissors and cut it all. <laughs> and so his skin could breathe. It, it was suffocating. Right. Yeah, it's kind of one of those Goldfinger kind of situations where he didn't realize he was probably uh, on the verge of, uh, of, of like some sort of heat stroke or something. Right, know? yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. It was funny to watch.
Right, right. So, so Steve is an early bass player, but then like from the normals, you had, uh, you know, Chris Luckett, the drummer, uh, fantastic drummer, you know, then goes to, to, uh, uh, Dash Rip Rock. Well, first the cold, then Dash Rip right. Rock. So yeah, there was, it was a lot of cross pollination in, 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 in the scene as it, as it went, as it progressed. Well, you know what, let me tell you something. Uh, you've mentioned earlier that the bands like the normals, uh, the cold, all try to venture out and go to like big cities and, and try to, you know, progress in their career. And like the normals went to New York City and tried to slug it out for about a year, I think, uh, and then came back. And then um, uh, I know the cold, they really didn't tour that much. They were just very regional in New Orleans area. Right. Uh, they tried to go into Houston a couple times and they were just, it was tragic. Um, but great band. I don't know what the answer is. We just decided to go to the West Coast because we were reading. Uh, L.A. Rocker, which was a paper kind of fanzine. Sure. Uh, also, Larry Holmes, who is now an, our accountant, had started. Yeah, he a, was a champion, a heavyweight yeah, champ. Yeah, yeah, he was the champ at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he started a fanzine and okay. with all the little part, bands that were around, and the, the Jimmies and Jeds, uh, and it became a real cool little scene. Uh uh, so I, I kind of say that if, if it wasn't for those guys, it could have fallen apart. But he, you know, people keep it kept it together. Outside forces and uh, that whole music scene. There was the wayward. We played wayward youth. Uh, the mechanics before we f- formed the Ratfinks. James and I had been playing together uh, regularly and, and learning songs for about eight months. Because we had no, nobody, we put up signs in you know, Sound City, all the, everywhere we could find, put, for, we're looking for a bass player. Nobody, all summer long, nobody answered. So finally, uh, we're all at uh, UNO. We get a call from this guy, Darren Hill. And he goes, yeah, I go to UNO. Okay, well, we'll meet you in the UC. As soon as he walked in the door, I knew freaking who it was. I said, that's our guy right there because he looks so fucking cool. <laughs> uh, he, he, he reminded me of uh, Pete Farndon from The Pretenders. You know, rest okay. in peace. Yeah, right, right, right. Bass player for The Pretenders. Yeah, mm-hmm. with that kind of pompadour and a cool black, you know, uh, motorcycle jacket. Yep, yep. Yeah. So yeah, it was no doubt that he was our guy. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's how we all got together and still good friends. You know, once we get this thing mixed, we're going to put this. We're going to reissue this album. Uh, Condition Red. You were saying uh, you, that that uh, Condition Red, the the first uh, Red Rockers LP, is being remixed and remastered for its fortieth yes, uh, anniversary. You were telling us that is correct. That is correct. Can't wait. I can't nice, wait. Nice. And, you know, it's funny. I got to be honest with you, Brennan. You know, as a player, you I, I listen to that stuff, and I've gone back now and present time and, and tried to play along with it. And I called James up and I said, dude, I don't know how, this is so fast. And yeah. aggr- I was like, I, I can barely keep up. And he goes, oh, how, how will we, how did we pull this off? He goes, dude, we run speed. <laughs> you, were young, you were young and on speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Young and on speed. We used to eat these black mollies yeah. all the time. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> well, Darren is still in the music business, right? Dar Darren still is is in management, right? And I was looking up. Darren has, has managed Rocky Erickson and and uh, mm -hmm. Paul Westerberg and the New York yep. Dolls. So that's that's pretty yeah. cool. And I think he manages uh, either the Boss Tones uh, and uh, the Dropkick Murphys. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, yeah, yeah. And yeah. He has a really cool little uh, uh, collecting shop, collection shop, I guess. Uh, it's called P.O.P. And it's in Greenwich, Rhode Island. And it's amazing, the stuff that he's collected. Iconic. Mm. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it'll baffle your mind when you walk in there. Uh, just iconic memorabilia, baseball. So much baseball, it's ridiculous. Hmm. Um, okay. You know, when he got married about 10 years ago, uh, I had a friend that worked at the uh, Hall of Fame in Canton, uh, no, uh, in uh, Cooperstown, New York. And uh, he, Darren told me he was, that's what he was going for their honeymoon. Uh, we all went up there. Jim flew in from Ireland We all had, at his wedding, and Paul Westerberg was there. Uh I go, where are you going for your honeymoon? And he said, I'm going to Cooperstown, stay in a little cabin. I said, let me make a call. So I called up my friend Brad and I said, look, my, this is one of my best friends in the whole world. Give him the grand tour. And uh, so Darren called me about a week later. He goes, he was almost, he was in tears. I, I can't deny it because he said, I'm sorry, I'm crying. He goes, that's the best fucking present anybody's ever given me in my entire life. Nice. nice. Dude, he got, he got the, he got to go in the vault and hold fucking Babe Ruth's bats and Honus Wagner's gloves and throw the ball. And as he said, dude, it was fucking off the chart. I couldn't believe it. I got to see shit the public never sees. And he got hit by Nolan Ryan, 100-mile fastball? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> dude, I it costs extra. Oh, yeah. When's the last time you and either one of you were in a batting cage? Um... About uh, three weeks ago, my wife puts me in one every uh, three weeks. <laughs> just, to, just to keep you in line? Yeah, to keep me in line. Yeah. Right. Nice. Nice. Batter up, Manny. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not a big baseball fan, you know, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And you, you love your wife and you do whatever she wants, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go the extra, yeah. extra, extra uh, inning. So, so to speak. Well, so, yeah. so, uh, so y'all start cowboy mouth. You, you've, you've had like a almost 30 year career in cowboy mouth. Uh, again, people come, people go, uh, John Thomas Griffith, steady, steady as she goes, John, what's your secret? Uh, uh nine, dude. nine base players later. Uh, oh my God. I don't know what it is, dude. Uh, I have to say that Fred has a really, uh, I don't think people realize this. He's got a deep catalog of really great music. And uh, he's a good he's a good pop songwriter, uh, good pop rock songwriter. Uh, that I think uh, he and I always say this, and I'm not afraid to say it. He's just he the antics and what whatnot uh, just have over overshadowed his uh, his pop songwriting acumen. He's just he, I feel it, it's a shame, you know. In a way. Well, you have it has very much of a tent revival kind of vibe to it, you know. That's uh, well, I'd like to feel like you know any band that I'm in, it's going to be high energy. Uh, that's no doubt about it. Uh, nice, nice. Know, I'm stuck as you know. I it's, I tell you a funny story, man. I was uh, when I was doing my solo thing and uh, had put out the solo album, and this is like 1990, 1989, 90. 
uh, you know, I was playing with a couple different, I had the Wild Peyotes, which was a country uh, band pattern after Flying Burrito Brothers. Right. And uh, we just played pretty much barbecues and stuff like that. Uh, but I really got back to my roots, country roots. And uh, uh, I had a duet with uh, Jeff Beninato uh, called Fate Brothers, and we did an album. Uh, so there was a lot going on, but I just kind of get, you know, burnt, I think, just struggling to make ends meet. Uh, uh, so I, I was going to pack up and go to Austin, Texas, and that's when Fred called me. I said, hey, man, uh, can you, would you want to try and play guitar with us? Uh, we'll do a rehearsal, and I'll bring the tape by and all that stuff. And I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shout. Because he and I had a relationship for the last five, since he was in Dash Rip Rock. Uh, we would share cassette tapes out in front of Willow Inn, which was Carrollton Station now. And uh, we'd pop our cassettes in. He'd, he'd play me two or three demos that he did that week. And then I'd play my two or three demos. And so we did this for about a year or so. Uh, and um, uh, I really was amazed that, well, first of all, I'm not a drummer. So to hear somebody playing the dr real drums on their demo and, you know, it's all accurate. It, it was, they were like <laughs> studio grade stuff. And I was like, uh -huh. is the guy doing this? You know, uh, I'm using a drum machine, the Lindra, boom, chop, boom, chop. Right, right, boom, right, chop. right. Oh, God. Fucking, uh, anyway, it, I was just really impressed by his songwriting, his, his prowess on drums, guitar, bass, everything right, to make yeah. a really good demo. So anyway, uh, that's what I still, I still like about it. Uh, but we, you know, yeah, no, you guys have had a tremendous career, man. And, and I mean, to, to have a band going for 30 years, it's uh Yeah, when he must have, he didn't think man. it would last 30 days, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. Like, where did the time go? I know, it's crazy. It's really, and you know, and I, I've known you this whole time in the Iguanas, dude. It seems like we've both been doing this for like, yeah, oh, no, gosh, yeah, I've been 50 in, in years. Yeah, you know, yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, it's it's only been forty, but I know, right. fifty. <laughs> well, forty's a new fifty, dude. You know, right? Sure, okay. sure. <laughs> uh, well, well, so John, um, yeah. you know, obviously this whole last year, uh, Cowboy Mouth hasn't been able to play. Um, nobody's been able to play. But I saw that uh you've done like 35 pandemic fireside sessions on youtube on your mm -hmm. youtube channel. oh wow and good research dude you're a good investigative reporter person uh, you know it's uh, <laughs> you know, i got a lot of free time john I, um, uh, well yeah I, I i did this at the beginning of last year uh I, I live up in northern california so it gets pretty cold here uh in the winter and uh, I was lighting fires every night and just got the idea. Well, fuck, why don't I just fucking sit down and play? And uh, so I just kind of started off, and uh, it was a really cool little experiment because I had to. Then you have to become like a movie or, or videographer, and uh, I so I treated them in black and white, and I just thought that was a cool look, and just kept it consistent through the whole thing. Yeah, they look cool, man. Yeah, I like oh, them. I, I, I dug it. Uh, yeah, I'd like to do something kind of like that again, but I always have these ideas, but I never, I, I rarely fo follow through. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's a, yeah. you, you managed to uh, to stay in the music business all this time. That's you followed yeah. through, and you know, in some respect, you know, you you, right. you try things. Some things, uh, 
seem to work and they take off and other things don't seem to work and you kind of let those fall by the wayside but you know it's yeah like yeah the the one thing that you have to continue to do is keep trying things you know because that's right yeah that's, yeah if I you agree. don't then you're out of it you know you're you you are done if you if you, you if are you done trying, you so. give up yeah well i've got a i've got demos uh i've got about 12 songs for a new solo album uh i'm just trying to find the time and find someone to mix it and um so i'm hoping to have that out before the at least the end of this year because it takes nice. so long Nice. Now, when I when I when I spoke to you uh, uh, about coming on the podcast, you said, "Wow, you know." When I heard uh, the idea of the Trouble Men podcast, it really spoke to me. You said it mm -hmm. really resonated in a deep way. What did you mean by that? Well, uh, I think gentlemen our age, uh, I don't think uh, we know how many of us are all going through this kind of midlife crisis or whatever that we don't really talk about to other guys uh, very rarely, unless you're really, really close buddies you can confide in and say, you know, man, I'm, I'm more depressed these days. It's just, you know, I, I can't watch, the, you know, just common stuff. That's just kind of gets under your skin. It's just, you can't right. figure out why you're in this shitty mood. Right. Uh, so I thought it was something, I thought maybe it might be uh, kind of a, a helpful thing that, you know, that, understanding of the troubled man you know and, and right well you know you got to keep everybody has to keep in mind we just came off having you know a president who occupied all of our uh you know mental space with the news and one right. nightmare after another then on top of that we've we've been you know locked in our homes for a year with none of our normal outlets for you know social interaction and and professional interaction and you know all of the things that we had each individually developed to uh, help us cope with the day-to-day -day stresses that that everyone has so and you know after katrina you had a city where everyone was in that situation mm -hmm. and and we right. understood that as a community and we thought, well, this is the worst thing that will ever happen to us. Um, and then, right. you know, n now we have an entire globe where everyone is kind of in that same situation. So the, yep. the, the everyone's headroom is totally maxed out. You know, I, I feel like I'm operating at like 95% stress level at all times. So you right. only have that 5% before you fucking, you know, blow a gasket. So, <laughs> It's of course it's expected to have a little bit of anxiety right. and depression during that you would you would be there would be something wrong with you if you didn't feel that. Oh well, dude, let me tell you. I, yesterday I watched this uh, movie on uh, Prime, uh, Amazon Prime, and it's called uh, 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 Unhinged, and it's Russell Crowe, and it's about a guy who goes into road rage, and he's just it's out of this world. It's crazy. People have lost their minds, and it's just. Uh, it feels like it's all falling apart, to be honest with you. At times it does. You know, ho hopefully we're turning the corner here. But, you know, who knows? As Manny said last week, uh, he thinks, you know, we're going to be dealing with this for a few years. So uh, yeah. it's day to day. I, I feel pretty good today at the moment. So Right. Well, you know, it all, all, it all feels logical because of the, the concept of the ecology and stuff. You know, it's, uh, we're just uh, we're destroying the planet, you know, it's, there's nothing else uh, 
It's not getting all depressive. We're going to have a good time. When we get, I tell you what, when Cowboy Mouth does get back, I'll be a happy man because it's, it's loud and ferocious. Uh, and I will say this playing with Fred, he's to sing and do what he does and pound that heart like that is phenomenal to me. I've, I've never seen anybody do that. Oh man! Look, I played I played a gig with y'all last year at uh, Mardi Gras, the um, or maybe it was was it the year before that? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But out in out in Metairie, and it was one of the coldest nights of the year. Uh, You know, I I backed up Irma Thomas. She had like she looked like a like a like an ice uh, like a a snowman or with a with a coat on. You know, she was Uh many coats, and Fred had short pants and bare feet, and he played. It must have been like, you know, degrees. And he played that entire set with you guys. And I think he might have broken a sweat. So I'm watching him. No way. Look at Fred, man. He generates so much heat, man. Just I don't don't know how he doesn't get sick. Uh, I've seen him, you know, we played like uh, a church, like literally a a church in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And it had like a polished concrete floor and it was freezing ass cold too it was below 32 like like zero and we played the gig and there was a lot of was not a lot of people there and fred you know gets so cause he gets off the drums and he jumps down and starts walking around he's bare feet but dude she was like an accident going somewhere to happen like a major flu yeah right it's insane yeah he doesn't uh, well anyway he seems to be uh got the antibodies so he says, yeah, 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 yeah. What, 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 uh, what virus would want to fuck with Fred LeBlanc? What would, what would be the point? You know, really, uh, really, um, yeah, yeah, right. Well, well, John, we're we're kind of on the the uh, the downslope of the podcast, the final moments here. Um, so, so you know, you're looking forward to uh, to reopening. You're there in in uh, Northern California. What are your yep. you have final thoughts? I, I just, I just want to say thanks, Renee. I've known you a long time, and I. I I truly miss my magician friends in New Orleans. I uh, I really do. It's not the same out here in California. I do. I, I love it here, but I miss New Orleans and I miss my camaraderie I have with uh, my fellow musicians. And uh, well, that's all I'll say. And I'll say uh, tomorrow will be another day, and we'll move on. We'll keep moving. Right on. Well, we're all still here, John. Uh, you know, uh, I, I went to check on a property of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm getting out of my car. And there's there's a coffee shop that that cropped up on my block uh, in the oh last boy. on the, the the block of of, uh, of my rental property, and uh, guys have masks on. They're calling my name, and I look over and I'm trying to recognize who they are. It turns out it's uh, Rob Savoy and uh-huh. uh, Jim McCormick. Um, ah! So <laughs> troublemakers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you uh-huh. know, so there's the three of us. Uh, so all the See, I love those moments. I, I miss musicians are still here, John. Right on. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I, uh, the funny thing is, when I got married back in 1996, um, I, my bachelor party was nothing but bass players. Why you okay. weren't there, I don't have no clue. But well, everybody, no, you know, uh, I, have, I, I don't have the best personality, John. It's it's. Ah, uh, stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to say, I just want to say thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's been fun. I love talking about the Red Rockers. When I saw you at that, that, uh, that, that gig at Mardi Gras, a couple mm-hmm. of, whenever, I can't remember. Was yeah, you were playing with Susan. Ago. 
Rice. Well, no, no, no. I, no? Susan, Susan Council played after. I do play with Susan, but I wasn't on that gig. Um, okay. But, uh, but I saw you that night. Right. I was playing with the, uh, like the legends of new Orleans review or something. Gotcha. You know, we, gotcha. we backed up Amanda Shaw and Irma Thomas, oh, cool. and little fats and, and you know, the Bonarama horns. It was a whole, oh, cool. uh, it was a Look whole cavalcade of stars that night. But, uh, uh, but wow. yeah, yeah, there were, there we you know, are. There's a really cool story. We were, uh, at a big easy awards. I'll end with, I'll leave you with this. Uh, and, uh, Fred, we, Fred had gone up to uh, do some. Uh, we'd won some like rock award, and then uh, Fred was given away like the, to Irma Tama, like the, the soul singer, whatever she wins every year. Uh, and uh, and then she he he pulls her to turn around. And he kisses her on the ass, <laughs> and her husband is standing there with a fucking gun in his fucking jacket. Like I'm not kidding. Uh, he was ready to fucking shoot Fred. Okay. And Fred got, uh, you know, how Fred gets away with this stuff is beyond me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, charmed, charmed life, charmed life. Yeah. You and I, you and I would have been a beat to a pulp. You know, so. Oh yeah. 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 Well, I've been looking for a beating for so long. Nobody will talk to me. In spite of well, man, you gotta, nobody, you gotta, nobody will take a swing at me. I don't know. I don't know. In the Trouble Men podcast, we like to say trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Good night. Dance with wind and dance with fire. Kill the truth and call the light.